0: Can we, can we pray? That be okay? Father, we just welcome you here to this place. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just hover over this service, this time, these ladies to minister us truth. And we just thank you right now, Lord, that you are our King. Jesus, you are our King. And we exalt you. And we lift you up tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, so I'm so excited to share what I've got for you uh, tonight, Um, just to kind of introduce us into worship. Um, Anybody familiar with the book, The Song of Solomon? The Song of Songs? Um, The Lord is really doing something... With our ladies in regard to this, and I believe it's not just us, it's happening all over the world. So, the with the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. This translation is called the Past Passion Translation. Is anybody familiar with this at all? It is by Dr. Brian Simmons, and this was his first book to translate. He's a doc, has his doctorate degree, in, and he understands Aramic. Hebrew and, uh, uh, Greek, the original languages that the Bible was written in. So he did a project and the Lord really put it on his heart to translate, uh, the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. And it, it will light your fire. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking to a Pentecostal, uh, brother and I said, uh, have you, I was so excited about this. I said, have you read the song Solomon? He said, no, we were forbidden to read that. It was too risque. <laughs> in kind of jest. But, um, this is such a wonderful, wonderful translation. I'm going to give one away tonight. Um, and we have some for sale also in the, in the lobby. So, but when I read this book, Um, I begin to see the bride and Jesus. This story is about Jesus loving his bride into maturity. And if you read it from that perspective, it will really transform your life. And I believe at this time right now is the time that uh, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is awakening the bride now, we know, most of you all probably know Jesus as Savior, know him as Lord. We know him as the king. We know him um, in many ways. But maybe you don't understand as much about him being the bridegroom. And so we are entering into that phase uh, tonight, that journey tonight to awaken love inside of us for our bridegroom and to acknowledge the love that He has for us in in such a way that we've never seen before. And so this story is about Jesus loving his bride into maturity. In her weaknesses, her insecurities, her failings, she is loved. That assurance releases power for transformation. If you know the love that Jesus has for you, it will totally transform your life. And so I'm real excited tonight to share some things about that. And we know that perfect love casts out fear. And fear keeps us trapped in the way that we are. We want to be transformed, right? We want to be transformed. It's, it's our desire, these ladies here, that we enter into this journey together. The bridegroom calling us, is calling us to see us as he sees us and to see him as he is. There's three main characters in the song of songs. I want to give you just a little background. Where the song of songs was written uh, How it was written If you remember uh, in the old covenant In the old testament That Solomon was given The uh, Mandate to build the temple And uh, And it was a glorious temple God said David Couldn't do it he wanted to do it But David was a man of war so God said Solomon was going to get to do it And so Solomon built the temple It was a glorious temple and when, when the temple was built, and they sacrificed thousands of animals at that temple, when it was built, and they were inaugurating it, or whatever you want to call it, and they moved all of the, the Ark of the Covenant, all of the, the uh, utensils, and all of the instruments that were established in the Noah in the uh, Moses covenant into the temple, and the priests were there, and the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God, fell upon that temple and this priest could not stand they said there was enough blood from the sacrifices that they had to literally weigh it up to their knees solomon was extravagantly, extravagantly extravagantly in love with god at that time and he he did that built that with all the all the glory all the riches that he had accumulated and he did not spare anything in order to build that temple. And the Shekinah glory fell. And the priests couldn't stand for ministering, it said. They fell under the power of God. During that time, uh, Solomon received this song of songs about the Shulamite. Thank you. And the Shulamite and the uh, bridegroom or King Solomon was the character that he describes in the, in the book. And so we have three main characters, King Solomon which represents also the Lord Jesus king, the heavenly bridegroom, the Shulamite maiden. That name kind of sounds like a bug to me, <laughs> Shulamite. <laughs> but anyway, uh Shulamite maiden it said she was a kind of a shepherdess or a goat herder. Um she represents the bride of Christ who is prepared to be co-heir with him seated on his throne with him. She begins as a maiden and becomes the mature bride. The believer she represents the believer awakened to bridal passion. That's the Shulamite. Then there are the Jerusalem maidens, the type of those who love and and honor Jesus but have not yet attained the maturity of passion seen in the bride. This story begins with the awakening process. It does not begin with the salvation process, but with the awakening process. And so, are you ready for this journey? Hallelujah. In chapter one, we, we see, I'm not gonna read all of this, just, just little excerpts each time we meet before worship. I'm gonna read a little bit from the song. Uh, and I'm gonna call it the song because it's the greatest song of all. And of all the prophetic books in the Bible, this has impacted me more than anything that I've ever read for a long, long time. But God is awakening His bride. God is awakening. Jesus is awakening his bride. And I don't know. It seems like about 20 years ago. um, Well, it's been longer than that. Probably 25 years ago. I I came out of a, a church where mainly they sang hymns. And I love hymns. There's nothing wrong with hymns. But the progression of the praise and worship songs has been exponential since then. There are new songs being written every day. And it's coming from the throne room of God. It's songs of the bride. It's songs of the bridegroom. And, and we'll do a little bit more on this. I can't give you the whole load tonight. I'd like to, but I can't. I just want to give you enough to whet your appetite to begin to read this book. In the chapter one, we see a love starred, love starved woman. The Shulamite woman who is starved for the kisses of her lover. And uh, she is so hungry and starved for love. But yet she sees herself as dark and sinful and dry as a desert. But the bridegroom sees her as lovely. Even when she calls herself dark and sinful and dry He sees her as lovely. He calls her lovely. He calls her radiant. He beckons her to follow. Come with burdens and cares to the sanctuary of my shepherds. You are thrilling to me, he says. I'm going to read this uh, little excerpt from Psalm chapter 2, 10 through 14. This is the bridegroom king saying, Arise, my dearest, Hurry, my darling. Come along with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you into my heart and to lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has now changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There's a change in the air. Do y'all feel the change? In the time when we're at its darkest The Lord is awakening our love. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you on high in the secret stairway in the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes in worship, and I love the sound of your voice. In prayer. This is our bridegroom speaking to us. I want to tell you a story in the New Testament about a woman. And she was, uh, Jesus had gone to the well of Jacob, going through Samaria, and a woman stopped by to draw water. And it normally wasn't the time of the day to draw water because she was a scorned woman. So she came by herself. And I'm not going to read the scripture to you. You can read it in John chapter 4. It's a a beautiful story. And so Jesus approaches, or she approaches Jesus, and Jesus asks her for a drink. And she said, how do you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink? Because it was forbidden for him to even speak to a Samaritan, let alone a Samaritan woman. And he says, if you knew the gift of God... And he who asked for a drink, you would ask me for the living water. And so, <laughs> Jesus, she says, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get, where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again. But whenever whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to me, sir, give me this water, and I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And then is where Jesus exposes her life. She said, he says, go get your husband and and bring him. And she, she said, I don't have a husband. And she, he says, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just, what you have just said is quite true. And then she acknowledges him that he might be a prophet and she talks about The ancestors worshiping on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. I'm going to read that again about the living water. Whoever drinks this water, I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And now I'm going to read from Psalm 411. This is the bridegroom king speaking. Your life flows into mine pure as a garden spring. A well of living water springs up from within you. You're like a mountain brook flowing into my heart. See the See that? You see that? He's telling her about the living water. And here he's speaking of the bride of Christ. And so there's so many wonderful things in there. So he talks about worship. Woman, she says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. I'm going to read this from a different translation. Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain or in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, to worship the Father is not a matter of the right place, but the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of spirit and in truth. The woman finally recognized the Messiah and she took off to tell the whole city about him. But what she didn't know is that she'd had five husbands and the one she was with was not her husband, but she became betrothed to the Lord Jesus Christ. See who he picked out to be his bride. He picked her to be his bride. Isn't that incredible? We don't have a thing to resist inside of us from becoming and embracing Jesus as our bridegroom. But it's about that. We have to learn our new identity. We have to learn our new identity in him. And so this week, this weekend, I pray that we will all get a hold of this and begin to see the love that he has for us. And that that love inside of the bride will begin to grow and grow and grow. And there's more to come. There's more to come. Do you hear him calling you to a deeper relationship? The one who gave his life for you is beckoning. Is beckoning. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to worship. I want to give this book away and I'm just going to pick somebody to give to this lady in this pink. <laughs> um, and there's more out in the... I hope this has wet your appetite for the bridegroom. Because let me tell you, it's coming. We have to know our bridegroom and, and we're going to have to have the love that we've never had before to make it and to finish the work he's called us to finish. There's more coming. There's more coming. We're going to, we're getting ready to worship and I want to just invite you to come and open your heart to him. Open your heart to him. You don't have to imitate anybody, but we want everyone to be free to worship the way they want to. If you want to sit quietly, that's fine. If you want to raise your hands, that's fine. If you want to shout, that's fine. If you want to dance, that's fine. They're all biblical examples of expressions. Just like there's many expressions here of people, there's many expressions of worship. And we're free here to worship as we feel we should and want to but main thing is from your heart from your heart let's enter in let's enter in okay